Happy Valentine's Day! This is the love episode of What We Love About the Veterinary Profession, this week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And this week, there's no tough topics. It's all about love. This Valentine's Day, we wanted to spend some time reflecting on the things we love about our profession. But before we get into all that hugging and squeezing, as always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. Becky, I can just feel the positive vibes coming from your way. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Thanks for asking. Um, it's Valentine's Day, so it's such a fun time to reflect on the positive and to focus on love, and that's where we're at this week. That's right, and we felt like there was no better way to celebrate a hallmark invention than to talk about all the things we love about our profession. And Becky, you know, this is one of those times when, you know, we over the years we've done little special things with our spouses. We've talked about different things that we love about, you know, our and our staff. But, you know, we really haven't sat down and you and I reflected on the things that, that make the veterinary profession so meaningful to us. Oh, I know, and, th- and that's... I think because it seems so obvious, but it it isn't always obvious. And and as a podcast that tackles the toughest topics, we tend to think about the things that cause problems or trouble or angst within our profession, you know, for all the right reasons, right? Because we want to help guide our colleagues. We want to bring awareness. So for very positive reasons, we often focus on the negative. But because it's Valentine's Day, it's a good time to remember that we really do love this profession. And the only reason there's people out there trying to fix the profession, advance the profession, is because of this undercurrent of love. Yeah, and we want you to stick around uh, for three decades plus like I've done. (laughs) You can only do that if you sustain it through love. So Becky, let's let you kick it off first. What are some of the things that you love most about the veterinary profession and being a veterinary technician and all the cool stuff you do in the veterinary world? Well, you know, it's it's going to be really hard, I think, not to sound super basic in, in this episode, right? Because it is so basic. But one of the things I love the most is the way that veterinarians and veterinary technicians inspire the future generations. I look at my niece and she's, since she's been probably five or six years old, she's wanted to be a a veterinarian. And, And it has very little to do with me. You can tell this is just ingrained in her soul. Just like so many veterinarians say, I knew from a really young age, I wanted to be a veterinarian. And she's so little... And it's just so, it seems like it's just in her DNA, her yeah. love for animals, her her want to take care of them. And when I look at her, I think to myself, you know, in 20 years, this is going to be an individual who hopefully channels that passion and is the future of our, our profession. And so one of the things I find to be the most amazing about our profession is how it seems to be almost born into our professionals, our love for animals, our love for science, our love for fixing these guys is it's in our DNA. Oh, I love that. And, and Becky, I second that. I mean, it definitely was in my DNA. I've known since I was a very young child, really around age seven is when it kind of 
all came together and said, this is what I'm going to do. But in addition to loving the animals that we care for and the people that care for them, I'll tell you, for me, one of the things that I find most appealing about the vet profession is the ability to be independent. Now, I came about that naturally from my father. My father was a fiercely independent entrepreneur. Uh, so I got that from him. But, you know, Becky, I liked the I liked the idea, even as a young child, especially when I got into to high school, of being able to sort of, you know, do my own thing, you know, and and I think veterinary medicine allows you that freedom and autonomy to kind of practice the way you want to practice. And and I I, I mean that's why I I love developing businesses to this day. But you know, Becky, for me, there's that one thing that that we don't talk about often enough is that the independence that you can really have, you know, because in so many of the other medical professions, there's so many regulations and and bureaucracies and hierarchies and just all kind of forms to fill out. And I'm not saying we don't have our fair share of that in the vet medicine world, but you know, Becky, by and large, you know, there's not a committee judging everything that I do. Now there's some benefits to that. Don't get me wrong, but I've always enjoyed the freedom that I had, you know, especially owning my own vet clinics, you know, (laughs) it sounds like somebody likes the freedom over there too. (laughs) They're cheering you on. They're cheering you on. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Now, obviously, as a veterinary technician, we have a different role in the quote unquote freedom, you know, working under a veterinarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're absolutely right. I think even just with like my past, like this this incident <laughs> over the past couple months, so much of my treatment has to follow a specific order, and you can't do this before you do this. And even if you know this is the next step you need, you know, like uh, like. Uh, maybe you need an MRI. You have to have this x-ray first, right? And mm-hmm. so we we can't we can skip to the care that we know we need to do. Now obviously you want to do your due diligence, but you're right, there isn't this pattern we have to follow or else we could be in some kind of professional issues. Um and not just that, but I think with that independence, we are able to treat things in different manners, you know, that work for yeah, our client. Right, right. And I think that's a big gift too. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And again, you know, getting onto that, you know, being independent and and you know being rewarded for that. The other thing too that we can't overlook is the fact that we can see a wide variety of animal species. I mean, I've treated everything from king cobras to tarantulas. You know, I've I've been in, in swimming with crocodiles and done some work in zoo stuff. You know, I've done some really. I've had a, a great career as far as the diversity of species. And of course, you can just focus on one if you want, or, or a handful, or whatever you want to do. But you know, Becky, again, if you're in human medicine, and this was kind of you know when I when I was like you know my parents were definitely discouraging me from being a veterinarian you know in high school and early college, but I, that was also that thing in the back of my mind. It's like I can own my own business and I can see a wide variety, so that would keep me intellectually stimulated. So you know, Becky, does that make sense also to you? I mean, you know, do do you think that a lot of vet techs love the fact that that you get to see so many different types of animals? Oh. Absolutely. I think there's a couple things is that there's one access to any one species that you really love, right? Like if you, right. there's so many out there, like I love exotics and the wide variety of exotics. I love the wide variety of zoo animals, those types of things. There's access and accessibility to just about anything you could possibly want to work on. And you're right. I mean, I think I've, I have pictures of sea turtles and possums and bobcats. And, you know, I've right, seen right. colleagues, you know, Lions, tigers, bears. Oh my, right? So you're absolutely right. I think we have a really cool opportunity to meet some really majestic, amazing animals and to be a part of their longevity. Um, and and that 
can be really meaningful, especially when you think about zoo medicine, where we're working on species that are going extinct and are incredibly endangered and the work that they're doing to restore these animals. I mean, we're actually like literally saving the world, right? Like we tease and say we save the world, but we have, you know, zoo programs that are working on restoring endangered species in ways that you couldn't do if you didn't have that intervention. Oh, I love that. And another thing that I love too, and and this may first be an unpopular opinion, but I, I love the fact that I can own my own business. And I'll be honest with you, I know we're talking about independence and being able to see a wide variety of species, but you know, that really, for my belief, my my life, you know, that has been so rewarding is to be able to to start and 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 you know own a variety of businesses all in the veterinary space. And uh, you know, Becky, I, I just I love the entrepreneurship opportunities that vet medicine provides, and I still think today it's a, an incredible time to be in vet medicine. But you know, I do like that 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 ability to, to be in business, you know, it's, it's not just medicine. And, and I think that also, as I got into high school and college and talking to human colleagues, I realized that I, I, I never met another human medical student who would say things like that, like, you know, I want to have my own business. You know, they never said that they wanted to be great surgeons and, you know, they wanted to be great neurologists or or whatever, or pediatrician. But, you know, for me, it was like, man, I want to be a great veterinarian and have my own business. And that was, for me, that was the complete package. What about you? I mean, does, does business enter into, to, to sort of your love of profession or some of the vet techs out there? Definitely. Some of the vet techs out there, you look at them, are are more and more veterinary technicians owning businesses of various kinds. I see like nail trimming services, you know, um, vet techs who live in states where they can come into your home and give IV fluids and help do things care at home that it makes a huge difference in the animal's quality of life. And owning clinics. I mean, that's expanded, right? I mean, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we know Steven Sital and, and, uh, Dr. Carrie Journey just opened yeah. up a, a an amazing state of the art neurology center. There's there's vet techs out there um, who have part ownership, who have been able to become really high leadership in their clinics, um, but also complete entrepreneurs and running their own business. Amy Newfield um, with yeah. vet tech training is, is blowing up right now. Um, there's just so many of them, and it, it's really neat to see because. It, it isn't just about owning clinics. There's so many different ways to go into business when you find... And we've talked about this, right? If you find that area that you just feel really passionate about um, and then you can move forward with this thing that you really love doing, um, tons of technicians out there doing their own behavior thing. Just a lot of opportunity, I think. And we have a lot of business-minded folks. I think the difference um, with technicians versus veterinarians is that is that difference in education where... You know, most of us have a two to four year degree in being technicians and there's more room to go to school and learn more about business. You know, we're not $250,000 in debt to where more school seems impossible. And sometimes it's the second career. So sometimes you're talking about folks who have a passion for marketing or advertising who have had a whole other career doing that and they can marry the two together. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for our profession, even when you step out of the clinic. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think we just saying this over and over again, you know, the opportunities are are endless, only really limited by your imagination. Another thing that I love about the veterinary profession, Becky, I mean, again, cliche, but it's the people in it. I mean, you know, I love working with people like you and others and, you know, literally everybody that, that I've ever 
you know, had the the grace to work with, you know, uh, and the good fortune to to work alongside, you know, th- these are people that are doing amazing things. These are incredibly intelligent people, caring, nurturing, compassionate folks that you know really are committed to to helping something that can't help itself. And I, I think there's almost no higher calling than that. And and you know, I I got to tell you, my life has been enriched by those people that I've had the the good fortune to to work alongside. Yeah. And I think I also love the diversity of the folks. I understand we are a long way from being a very, very diverse profession, but I look around at the folks who, who are incredible veterinary professionals and we do have all colors, all races, all types. And we've been able to find each other in the community. You know, we have blend, have LGBTQ communities, we have, you know, um, black DVMs. We have moms with DVMs group. Like, we've been able to find each other in this profession and still maintain a really diverse profession that we are also all working really hard at diversifying even more. The people in this profession are everything. Yeah, yeah. And again, yeah, we're only as good as the sum of our parts and, and we're stronger because of that. Uh, you know, Becky, another thing that I, I do love, you know, I'll be honest with you, is sort of the the appreciation that you see on patients' faces, you know, and I know I'm being maybe potentially anthropomorphic, but, you know, there's so many cases in my career that just, you know, really touched me on a deeply spiritual level, and and I'm forever grateful for those opportunities, right? And I mean, obviously, the people brought them in, but, you you know, there's, there's nothing quite that matches, you know, knowing that you've seen this this dog or cat in my case, you know, that was near death or in insufferable pain and to relieve that, you know, and suddenly cure that or help that. Uh, and, and you can, I don't know, I've always felt like I could sense a sense of gratitude <laughs> from those patients. I don't know about you, Becky, but you know, there's a lot of times I feel like, wow, that, that animal really thanked me and appreciated what I did for it. <laughs> Am I just off my rocker here now or what? <laughs> I don't think you are. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, they get our energy. They know they're suffering. They know they don't feel good. And I think our pets are smart enough to know. Um, They don't always appreciate everything we do. (laughs) And, you know, that's okay. But even if they don't necessarily show their appreciation, there's nothing more gratifying than watching that case that you really thought, you know, you were going to be talking end of life with these folks. And then you get to see them go home. Um, it is, it's, it, it's the best feeling. And even, you know, I hate to say it, but a, as much trouble as they can give us, I love the clients because they have such an ability to, or they just love their pets so much and they want to make them better. They want to be doing a good job and they really look to us for that guidance. And so often we see immense appreciation from our clients and and we always talk about this and how how cliche it feels to have clients show gratitude for euthanasias but i think it's really the highest sense of of how clients appreciate us and what we do because they saw their pet suffering they saw their pet hurting and they wanted to bring them relief and that's not something they can do and it's something we can do for them I think oftentimes, you know, when it's just like a pill or it's just some fluids, it's really hard to see what we did to end suffering. But when it is truly that time, our clients are able to show immense appreciation. And um, even, you know, just throughout, I, I think about clients that I've seen who come in because their pet did something really silly and they just love them so much and they worry so much. 
you know, um, and they're like with new babies, you know, it's like, you can tell it's their kid. You can tell how much they love them. And I just makes my heart happy. And we always obviously need our clients to get our patients. But, um, when you just have that client who really wants to do the best and is working really hard to bring the best life to their pet, it really motivates me to do my best medicine. Yeah. And and I want to emphasize what you said there, Becky. I mean, yeah, we we do focus a lot on the negative interactions we have with clients. And, you know, for me, I've always kind of broken it down into that 10, 50, 30, 10 rule. And that was that 10% of my clients are going to rave about me. I can do no wrong. They love me. They bring me cakes and flowers and all that good stuff, right? I mean, you just, they're they're just locked in, right? About 50% of my clients, they like me and they appreciate what I do. And maybe I get a Christmas card, but you know, we're just, uh, it's a transaction. It's a service. They, they like us and they don't never do anything bad, you know, unless it's really warranted, but you know, 50% are kind of like, Hey, yeah, I like my vet. He's a good vet. 30% are completely indifferent. I could be any vet, you know, it says you just happen to be the closest one to me. I think you do an okay job. I'm just not sure about it. Right. They, they're more quick to complain. And then that last 10%, Becky, Oh boy, you know, these are the ones that you just don't know what tripwires you're going to hit, you know, and, and, and really they're probably not the client for me. Right. And we've got to figure out how to maybe, you know, get them out to somebody else who they can be their top 10% instead of my bottom 10%. But I, I do think it's important to accept and understand and realize that the world is broken into that kind of strata that you can't please everybody that, you know, the people that really, really, really love you are also a very minority and that most people are just satisfied and that's okay. It's good good enough. You know, I think, you know, that as, as much bad press as there is on, you know, how, how, uh, you know, really ill-behaved and misbehaved folks are in the public sphere. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of folks that just, just actually show up at the vet on time. They pay their bills. Um, you know, they may not be giving us flowers, but you know, they, they certainly love and appreciate what we do. So guys, again, you know, it's, it's just a matter of of kind of making sure that we are appreciative for those folks when they go that extra mile. Another thing that I love about our profession, you know, Becky, is is I think in vet medicine, and, and this also may be an unpopular opinion, but we have been quick to embrace change and innovation, especially technology, maybe faster than our human counterparts. And I know we're always behind human, but that's just because that's where the, the research uh, typically originates. But, you know, I have found so many, at least, and I may be biased because I'm always kind of on that entrepreneurial edge of the profession, but, you know, I found so many of, of our colleagues to be eager to try the new thing. I mean, we are embracing AI as far as, as, far as like using it to aid with soaps and write up uh, case reports and so forth. We're using it at a much faster you know, rate than, than some of the human uh, medical fields. You know, so I, I think th- those are all just little signs that says I love our profession because we will we will take a chance on that new that new stuff, you know, and um, and I think we can, right? I think we have less regulation, less federal oversight or state oversight in in most instances, and so we can take those chances and maybe you know that also leads to some bad actors. But I'd say on the whole, Becky, you know, the vet profession does a pretty good job at embracing you know changes in medicine and technology. You know, I mean, obviously it's not fast enough in my opinion, but you know. I, I do think there are a lot of people that are willing to to take that chance. What do you think? So it makes me think about another thing I love, and that is how innovative we are. And, mm. and I, this is an extra shout Good out point. to technicians. I have seen technicians make, you know, yeah. I, I had a veterinarian make a, a hedgehog wheelchair out of yeah. a tongue depressor and some vet wrap. You know, you go to the zoo and you see them using parking cones for... Uh, Right, masks right. and and leaf blowers to give breaths to elephants and 
you know, the, the, the way that we can like look at an object and turn it into something we need or to see, to, to know that we need this thing in this very customized bit for a patient and our ability to look around us and pull together these things, you know, we're all like little tinker fairies. And I really love that about our profession. I've seen some of the coolest things done to accommodate patients and make them, um, make them better, just make yeah. them feel better, make them mobile, do whatever it is, because our patient comfort is so truly important to us. And um, I think we are some of the most in- innovative folks out there. Yeah. And you're right. You just don't see that in the human medical you know, uh, profession. Maybe you did, you know, a hundred years ago, but I, I don't think you see it yeah. today. And honestly, unless they can buy it, you know, and it comes in some FDA approved packaging, you know, it's not going right, to go on the right. patient. And, and I'm not saying that's bad. Don't, don't get me wrong, viewfinders. I'm just saying, you know, it's different. And, uh, and I like the fact that you can kind of mag- MacGyver your way out of a lot of situations. Lord knows I have in my career. I've, you know, Run to the yeah. run to the hardware store and figured out you know these bolts and this piece of tubing I can do this um, and I think that's that's really something that we should. The other thing too that I love about our profession is that and again this may be an unpopular opinion but you know Becky by and large you know it's 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 rewarding on so many levels. I mean you know you can you can be financially successful. I'm not saying you're going to be a tech billionaire because I don't think that we're quite there and that's okay too. But you know you can you can. Have have relationships, you can create the, the lifestyle that you want. I mean, I think that that this profession lends itself to, to part-time, flexible time. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do to make this profession really enhance your overall well-being. And I know that's, you know, we talk a lot about the negatives and, and we do, viewfinders. That's that's yeah. we're focusing on the negative to try to get it better. But the reality is, holy smokes, Becky, you know, I just at least, and again, I'm a, I'm a bias, but I can't imagine another profession that offers as much as veterinary profession does for me. No, I, yeah. And it brings everyone together because of that. Right. I think about when I'm walking through conferences, how much I, how often I hear, it's so nice to finally meet you in person. Right. And so that means there's some established relationship outside of connecting in person, or you see people talk about, I'm going to this conference and see my friends. And you see pictures of these groups of individuals from all across the country in all kinds of different specialties, um, except for those Vex folks, right? They just travel <laughs> together. <laughs> They're a different That's species. a whole different thing. Um, yeah. And they've got a complaint. They've got a great them. complaint center too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just such a neat thing to see how it pulls people together and brings, you know, um, I don't know about the human field. Like, I, I don't know if these nurses bond the same way, but I see each other helping each other with cases. I see people open to asking questions and knowing more and discovering more. Um, and I think there's just an amazing bond over that. Yeah. And, and again, the, the final thing that I do love about our profession is you can learn, you can challenge yourself intellectually. I mean, you know, this is something that just keeps growing. And, you know, I know more now and, you know, 30 plus years after graduation than I did at graduation. And I think I'm, I'm really grateful for that because, you know, I think there are a lot of jobs and professions where kind of you you got what you got when you graduated, you know, and things don't change that much. Or if they do change, they don't apply to what you're doing. And I love the fact that it's a dynamic, ever-changing, challenging profession. And and I know that that's 
sounding hyperbolic viewfinders as I'm prone to do from time to time. But the reality is I love the fact that I can continue to push myself intellectually. Uh, and, and again, you know, having been in something for the majority of your life, you know, over 30 years and every day to realize, wow, there's stuff new to learn. There's new things to, to, to try. You know, there's ways that I should be thinking about. I mean, Becky, I just, I love that. You know, it's just, it's not static. It doesn't get old. I'm not bored. Um, I, I love being able to push myself. Yeah. And if you are, there's somewhere else to go, right? There's something yeah. else to pursue. There's no reason to get bored in this field and there never will be. And I think that is, you're right. That is something that is really amazing about our flexibility within the industry, at least what we have right now as you know, we don't have quite as much regulation and ins- insurance and, and government guidelines um, I, we're able to kind of move about more freely. And that is, I think that's an important part, like you said, for our own longevity, which I, I hope to continue to see increase for technicians. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, it's it's interesting, you know, I, I've talked about this a lot, viewfinders, uh, here on the podcast and in lectures is the fact that, you know, when I was in my early 30s, I, I set out to find old folks that were living an extraordinary lives, you know, and I would just say, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Can I talk to you for a while? Let me ask you some questions. And I found that so many of them had that kind of vibrancy and thought. They were very creative folks. And a lot of them were in the medical professions, you know, and, and, and you know, or, or they were like engineers, they were like doing stuff. And you can tell that I, I think that as you get older, and this is something that that I'm noticing. So now, you know, as I'm cracking at the door on 60, uh, you know, a lot of my friends who are in other vocations, you know, you can tell they're just not as mentally engaged or excited by life. And I think that that if you will allow this profession to, to have that influence on you, Becky, I mean, it can shape the way you view the world and you will constantly be seeking new ideas and new things. And I think that's just overall very, very healthy way to live, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think there is a lot of amazing parts of our profession. Um, and it's nice to focus on them. And it's nice to think about the things that make it whole um, and the things that keep us you know, moving and driving every day. And even the best parts about the things that aren't the best about our job, that there are pieces and parts of veterinary medicine that you can extrapolate that are good in every situation. And I think that's such a neat, you know, we have a job where we go to work every day and not totally know what we're going to do and what we're going to face and how the day is going to go. It keeps things interesting. It keeps us on our toes. Um, and the diversity of what we do in a day is pretty extraordinary. Gosh, I love this so much, guys. So we hope that you've enjoyed our little love fest here for Valentine's Day 2024. It's our seventh uh, Valentine's Day with you guys, as far as my counting goes, Becky. Uh, and again, if, if you have things you'd like to share with us, what are the things that you love most about your job, your profession? Where do you see the future of veterinary medicine going that you're in love with? We'd love to hear from you. And Becky, if they want to tell us anything like that and how much they love us where can they do that send me my valentine over <laughs> at facebook or instagram on <laughs> at veterinary viewfinder or uh, at gmail at veterinary viewfinder at gmail.com that's right guys it has been our pleasure to spend a little time with you this valentine's day go give somebody a hug uh let them know you appreciate them this valentine's day you just never know how a smile and a kind word can make someone's day guys we will talk to you next week bye bye Oh, that was a lot more fun. Really?